0: Hi, it's Toby Moore here. Toby Moore. <laughs> Mental health can be a difficult topic to talk about. I'd like to change that. I'm Marcus Pipworth and welcome to the Ministry of Change podcast. Hello, welcome to the podcast. I hope you're feeling all right. Well, I'm sure you're not feeling all right. I hope you're feeling mostly right. Well, it's been a busy few weeks for me and I'm really trying to keep on top of editing these podcasts to keep them coming out fairly regularly. But it is just me, so I apologise if it does get out of sync. I will try not to let it. Just before we get into this episode, I wanted to quickly share a bit of feedback, which I got recently. And it really meant a lot to me. Um, It was in relation to a monologue I did called It's Okay to Cry and Screwfix. It was the second sort of interlude thing I did after the first episode of the podcast. Anyway, here's the feedback. My sister called me, she was feeling down with no understanding of why. I said it sounded a bit like anxiety, and she said she had nothing to be anxious about. But she had a bad week of not sleeping well and is working too hard at a job she hates. I said that what she was saying sounded a little bit like it's okay to cry and screw fix. So I sent it to her, and to her amazement, your monologue was her monologue today. She couldn't believe how helpful it was to hear someone else's story and how it's so different, but also exactly the same, and was able to understand all the moments when she was behaving in a way that was only going to increase those bad feelings. She's really been grateful to have heard it, and I thought you might like to know it. Well, I did like to know it. You know, I didn't really, nearly, I nearly didn't include that monologue because I felt like a little bit embarrassed about it, but I'm glad I did. I know that Ministry of Change is valuable to me, but I still get full of doubt as whether it's other people find it valuable so getting feedback like this filled me with energy and made me feel like it's definitely all worthwhile I think like a lot of people I seem to dwell on things when they're going wrong but I often ignore or find it hard to know what to do with the positive things that break this story I've created about not being good enough so yeah I'm really trying to change that right let's get on to the episode so in this episode Toby Moore shares with me a very personal story of his dad's death and the effects of it. Now, I've known Toby for a while now. He's a very charismatic member of the Brighton community. He organises TEDx Brighton. He's one of the founders of a content creation company called Yappa. Um, and I think it's very easy to see people as a product of their achievements, but to ignore sort of the groundwork and the the human things that go in on, go on behind the scenes that get people to these places. But I find Toby to be one of the most honest and altruistic people I know. And I really appreciate his ability to uh, and willingness to show his vulnerability. I think talking about death can be really difficult. I remember when my granddad died when I was in my early 20s. And it was my first proper experience of really losing somebody I was close to. Basically, I found it really traumatic. And I didn't know what to do about it or how to process it. As with all these difficult emotions, I think it's really important that we create create the space to talk about them. I think we have a tendency, particularly in the u k to bottle things up, and that just leads to emotions seeping out in different and often quite damaging ways since my granddad died I've lost a few I've lost other people, and it's never easy. but I think losing a parent is one of my biggest fears. while I think it's something I can't really have a conception of until it happens. I think hearing other people's stories. Um, is really important in the conversation with toby we talk about losing a parent um, and we talk about the difficulties of talking about unfamiliar emotions Uh, we talk about the strength that can be found in grief and other sort of traumatic situations Um, how can we acknowledge death better as a society and how does your relationship with different aspects of your life change when confronted with your mortality And along that line, how do you choose the life that you want to live? Anyway, I thank Toby again for sharing what is a very difficult and very personal topic. So um, here's the conversation.
1: One of the things that I wanted to talk to you about today, and it's something that's been um, kind of, particularly in the last couple of months, sort of ebbing in and out of my life and, and making a difference in different ways, is is grief and it's something that I've talked to a lot mm. to you about and Rick about and, um, and, and uh, when I was at the Happy Startup School summer camp in the summer this year um, I had a really big kind of breakthrough there um, which is that I met so many people who had experienced some kind of loss or grief mostly with family members and so on and managed to turn that into the strength uh, that they needed to do what they're doing today, and that was something that was really missing for me because you know I lost my father two years ago and uh and done a lot of very different things since um and uh and again, like you know we're talking about be yourself like um it put me it's put me in many instances in a real sort of identity crisis from time to time, and other times it's made me feel. More sure and more certain about who I am and my identity than ever, um, and it's a really difficult journey and a really up and down kind of experience. Um, and yeah, I'm not quite sure, um, uh, kind of, kind of how to explain it other than that right now. Um, but it, it's just you know, it, it's played a, definitely a really big part in my life. I don't know. I mean, what, what, what do you think, Marcus? What, 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 do you have any sort of thoughts or questions around it?
0: Well, yeah, I do. I mean, I think, like, the, sort of losing a parent is one of the, the, the things that, like, I, I mean, I have no experience with it, and I guess it's one of my fears mm-hmm. I have in the back, and I, and I find it very hard to put myself in that position to, like, actually know what does it mean, so you can think a, think about it, but, like, I try not to think about it too much, mm-hmm. but you can think about it, and, but, like, until it actually happens, I think it's very, very hard to sort of understand what that means, but, I, I mean, imagine it must be, Well, I don't know what the relationship with your parent mm-hmm. with your with your father was
1: like was it well, you know, I would I'd... say that I had a very very happy relationship with my father. He was a very impressive and inspirational guy um and meant a lot to me and my family um and um and finally, I feel like particularly in the last year I've become more and more like my dad okay and I suspect that's become a very that's a very subconscious thing <laughs> but I catch myself all the time. Saying things doing things behaving in certain ways that that are, are more like him than I've ever embodied before in the past that's quite i think that's quite an interesting observation of myself um but I think it just i it just it's come with a whole swarm of of other thoughts and feelings you know um i wouldn't even know where to start really um and i think You know, I've taken, it's hurt, it's been a very difficult process. It's taken me a long time to want to listen to other people who have been through that process. Um, However, I have also taken some strength from being in grief, I suppose. Um, Not strength from losing my dad. I think that's probably not the right way to express it or to think about it. But, But the process of grief the process of loss and what that does to your mind, what it does to your body, what it does to your behaviours, what it does to the people around you and how you interact with them and so on. And not just sort of, you know, that's not just being endless suffering, but it takes a long time to look back and realise that that's the case. Um, and I think like I mentioned earlier, this, you know, this experience I had at the the summer camp uh, that we attended in the summer together. um, I just bumped into all these people, you know, and, and they were all, I lost a grandparent, I lost a friend, yeah. I lost a parent, you know, some people even lost partners, you know. Um, and... But they were all on this journey being startup up entrepreneur-type people, and they'd found a unique strength in their grief and loss that has allowed them to go on and do that. Um... And I'm not saying that, that, in order to have some kind of success in your entrepreneurial life, that you have to experience loss. But I just sort of, and you know, and that strength can can channel itself in any way. It's just Joe you know, happens that my environment and the people that I surround myself with happen to be those people. Yeah. Um. So it's I'm more heightened to it, I guess. Um. You know, if you yeah. were a successful, you know, if you were, you know, a, a, a sports person or something like that, I'm sure you could find strength and apply it in the same way. Um, An interesting, a friend of mine spoke to me about it, and was and was saying that well, maybe it isn't just a case of there were loads of people at this place and they were all experiencing that. It's just all of a sudden you had reached a point where you were willing to to recognise those people, or you were you were ready to hear those stories, and they've yeah. been there all along. You know, there's people all around you every day who have experienced loss and done something done something difficult with it done something challenging with it done something strong with it
0: I think that's true but I I feel like you have to go through your own process to get to that point definitely I mean I I mean I have experienced Mm. grief not in the form of um, a parent but of grandparents and friends Mm. and like I think it's it's really difficult and then like and I think like in terms of sort of mental health things I I went through a similar thing with depression of like for, for way too long like a couple of years just not acknowledging that it was happening mm. not acknowledging or not maybe not acknowledging not realizing that there are other people going through that sort of thinking like this yeah. is my I'm the only person this is my experience and like no one else can help me with that mm. and actually the process of talking about it I realized yes everyone's experience is very different but mm. you're all united over this sense of sort of this i, I don't know what it is sort of despair or grief mm. or loss or like i mean in that sense i think it's like a a loss of sort of a solid foundation like mm. i felt like i always had this sort of solid foundation that i was like i knew how to live i like was very confident in my uh ideas and my i i had all the answers to everything and suddenly when that began to crumble i there was a real sense of like grieving for this loss of myself and it yeah. took a long time but yeah it was eventually talking to people was probably like the biggest step i made to help but i think there was a long process before that where i needed to sort of work through it by myself to sort of have a little bit of a grasp of what mm. what i was dealing with before i felt confident and, and,
1: and it is very easy to just not listen to people and i think really really high impact nevi- negative feelings and emotions do that to you you know I didn't experience depression as a part of um, this process but I did experience like extreme anger mm-hmm. you know and anyone that knows me will, will probably will probably uh, you know play testament to the fact that I'm not an angry person you know I'm a very calm easy going relaxed kind of person so when I get angry like it's very noticeable <laughs> and, and and it makes a really significant change to how I act and behave like and you know I'd never experienced anger like I had with that what was the and anger? why was it coming from? really difficult to say Marcus, really difficult to say because I think you know who who can you be angry at in a situation like that what can you be angry at you know anger is a is a is, a, is an emotion that's sort of designed to be pointed at something Yeah, you know in order to resolve it um, and I don't think you can do that with, I mean, that's what's uniquely, uh, uh, what, well, what is just unique to, to grief is that there is no resolution. There is no answer. There is nothing you're searching for. There is nothing that you can point out and be like, ah, oh, it's that, you know, it's that thing that's been fight that I've been finding difficult. Like, you know what it is that you're finding difficult, like someone you loved has gone. Um, and, um, you know, and it's not like you know a relationship where you can, can go and find a new one, or yeah. or you can or you can sort of like, oh well, it wasn't working anyway, or something mm. like that. You know, it, it's 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 um, you know, it's irreplaceable. Um, so who do you get angry at? You know, the last person you want to get angry at is the person that you've lost, because because you know that otherwise that 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 sort of um, you know. Sure, <laughs> at risk of, uh, of of that love going away, you know. It's interesting. Something I did this week. I've always sort of talked. Ever since losing my my dad, I've talked about him in the sense of someone that I I loved. Yeah. Um. And uh, we were doing an exercise. Uh, it was your exercise, the clearer ideas workshop, Marcus. And and um. And you know, one of the questions that you asked us was 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 what do you love. And I sort of scribbled some ideas that were sort of like you know, nice, intangible things like you know, having you know having great ideas and working on exciting things. And then I started writing the names of people and you know and I you know I love my, my my partner I love my my mother you know and I got to my dad I thought like, oh, I love my dad and it was probably the first time, since losing my dad that I've said that in like that tense I love my dad rather than I loved okay. my dad, and that was really and I'd never even. Um, Come close to even realizing that that was a thing, um, and I don't know. I still haven't quite worked out what to do with that, that thought and that feeling yet. Whether it's useful or not, I don't know. It might not be, <laughs> but it's you know it was something that that, that um, stood out to me as a different way of thinking about it.
0: Was death like was death something that
1: uh, was sort of like
0: prevalent in your life before you lost your dad? Was it something that you talked about or or, like, had experienced, really, in any way? Were you... Was there any part of you that was prepared?
1: No, no. You know, I'd left... I'd lost grandparents, but when mm. I was very young, and, and too young to... to really... Um, have a respect for what was happening. Mm. And, more importantly, to have respect for what was happening to my parents... Um, seeing them lose their parents, um, and I think that's one thing that you know. And actually, that's brought my my mother and I much closer together. We've always been close, but what has brought us closer together is this idea of you know we're able to talk about this yeah. together. Like we're able to talk about what it's like to lose a parent together. Um, um, you know, I had a, a a relationship with my with my with my ex-breakdown completely after I lost my dad as well, and, and that was something that, you know, again, like, I'd never really experienced at that level before. And again, able to talk to my mum about it, you know, my parents were divorced and separated, you know. Um, and all these things that all of a sudden my mum and I had in common, separating from a spouse and losing a parent, you know, all these things that happened in, like, quite one big fell swoop, you know. Um... I just um, you know, actually has done a lot for our relationship. Um, and um, when I talk about finding strength in the process, you know, that's that's I think that's a really quite a positive yeah. example of that. Is that you know not just going oh I've lost my dad now I need to have a really great relationship with my mum like there are tangible things that I can that I can that I can sort of point at and say these are things that my my mother and I have bonded over because of this Um, not just sort of some sort of heightened sense of needing to have a better relationship with a parent Um, and I think that's important you know not just sort of like running at things for the sake of running at things because something bad has happened you know actually kind of like valuing parts of the process for for what they are Um, and, and, and understanding it and spending time understanding it um like we are now, yeah you know, it's, it's important you know just talking to you about it and talking to anyone about it helps me yeah. understand it more like it's useful um and that's I think that's one of the re- that's one of the most important reasons for talking about stuff um, being you know not you know it's yeah it's often difficult to be completely honest and open about these things, particularly when you don't understand them yourself, but just giving yourself the opportunity yeah. to say things out loud even if they turn, turn out wrong. Yeah.
0: Well, I find it really interesting uh, like listening to your story and hearing some sort of your thoughts on it, because I I really feel like it's something that, I mean, there's an element of it that you, you can't really understand it till you experience it. But there's also an element, I think, in our culture of just not talking about death and not acknowledging that we die.
1: Mm-hmm. Like, it's
0: just something like it's a taboo subject. Like, we will live forever and <laughs> we will carry on. And mm-hmm. then when it does happen... Like it, 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 it comes as such a shock, and we're not prepared for it. I know, like a lot of other cultures, they you have it much more sort of uh, like it's life and death are part of sort of the, the same thing. And you, I mean, for example, my granddad died uh, at the beginning of this year, and I saw him in the hospital um, the day before he died, and then I've never seen him again. I saw a coffin at the funeral, mm. but like, it, there's such a separation between that man lying in a hospital bed mm. and a coffin funeral and like, and like i i know there's like cultures where people spend time with the the bodies yeah. and sort of get to understand it and i felt there's such a separation that it sort of almost felt unreal and it still does a bit
1: yeah i think um yeah i think culture aside like i mean people deal with that stuff differently Anyway, I mean, I remember, like, I was in the hospital with my dad when he died. And, you know, so I went from one hour seeing him, having a conversation with him, to then coming back an hour later, and he'd gone, you know, and and, and seeing and touching and speaking to his body, even though it's gone. Um... And then some weeks later, seeing him in the funeral parlour and when they mm. prepare, um, you know, the body and they keep it in... I don't even know how... what It's like a cold room, you know, and they dress them up and that sort of thing. And my, my stepmother found a great deal of comfort in seeing him there, being there with him, sitting next to him, talking to him. Uh, but for me, like, that was... I just couldn't even get close to it. Like I walked in there and I saw it and I touched him and I walked out. Like I just couldn't yeah. even begin to, to, you know, cause even seeing him an hour after he'd passed away, like that you could still sense like, I don't know, without seeming too sort of wacky about it, they like, still sense life, you know, like he's, he's, he's gone. Um, and you know, and that's a really difficult, weird thing. You know, I've, Had never seen a dead body before, let alone someone you know, let alone my father. And like, I, you know, what do you do with that? (laughs) But you know, there is still some kind of, you know, there is all of those sort of things that we read about and we don't believe and believe it until we experience it, like that sort of that sort of like sort of fierce sense of denial. Mm-hmm. um you know i never experienced that until then and 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 again like that, that that sense of anger you know and these things just grow and grow and grow you know over the coming weeks and months um and then see but you know seeing him he'd go from those three different states you know yeah. from 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 being alive to not being alive to being what I can only really describe as nothingness. Like, you know, there's definitely a, a two different states, I guess. I don't know. I don't really know how to describe it. Um, but again, like, I don't know. I don't know how much of that is culture. I don't know how much of that is me personally. I Except my, myself and my stepmother did that in very different ways. That's okay. Um, but I don't know. I, I'm not quite... We don't... Talk about it a lot, you know. Whenever my father and I would talk yeah. about death, his death together, it would all be about it. It would be about things like his will and his inheritance and things, yeah. not the actual uh, experience of death itself. And my father actually was very traumatized by the death of his father because he has Alzheimer's, and you know, and um, my dad was left as the last person in his family who was really prepared to spend any time with my grandfather when he got to quite severe Alzheimer's, you know, not being able to have proper conversations, not being able to recognise people, not being, you know, not being coherent or in control of his body and things like that. And my father found it grossly upsetting. And one of the things that he would always say to me is, like, if I ever get like that, don't come and see me. Um, You know, and (laughs) I suspect I never would... I wouldn't have probably ever followed that advice if I'd had the opportunity to, but... You know I sort of and there's some sort of justice in the way that I lost my father, which was very abrupt you know he was young you know sixty three I think um, but it was like that you know it was yeah. a matter of weeks you know and 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 even in those early weeks it didn't look like anything serious yeah. um so you know there's some justice to it in some sense that you know he escaped that fate that he so feared you know um. Um. But I don't know. Like we we wouldn't really talk about it in anything other. I suppose that's the closest that we got to talking about it like that. And you wish you had. Interesting. I don't know. I think a lot of weird things have happened as a result of my dad dying. Like particularly in my family, mm-hmm. like it's created lots of. Very what I would describe as undesirable behavior, I suppose you know there's been a lot of um discord around his will and and that sort of thing, which is just which has probably been one of the most stressful things about it is seeing other people behave in a way that you you'd never expect them to behave simply because of. Money and wealth yeah. and inheritance and things, and it's you know, it's completely changed my mind on a lot of aspects of life. Um, and like I said, that would be what I suppose that, you know, and that's for me, like that well, for, 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 for me, and you know, my dad, like a lot of that would be like you know, making sure that I was prepared for those things and that sort of thing. Um, do I wish we'd had more conversations about that? Probably not, yeah. <laughs> doesn't <it> really <laughs> matter, like, um um do i wish we'd had more conversations about the relationships that he had in his life and how he would it, how he would want me as his son to kind of stand up and act on his behalf now yeah i would really like to have more conversations about that i would like to know what his expectations would be for me. You know, I've tried my utmost to behave like him. You know, I said to you at the yeah. beginning of this conversation, I'm behaving more and more like my dad all the time. And I suppose that's a, 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 a side effect of me subconsciously trying to make decisions from my dad's perspective. You know, what, was he, what did he want in this situation? What would he want from me? What would he want from himself? What would he want from this family member, mm-hmm. that family member? And seeing so many things happen that I'm confident that he wouldn't want to have happened um, so I think I would want to have more conversations about that and maybe thinking ahead into the many many years to come and if I am ever in this scenario of having children to discuss these things with maybe it would affect the way that I talk yeah. to them about it um, but like death as a concept? I don't know That's a difficult one. You know, and I still have opportunities to do that. You know, I can still... If I feel strongly about having a conversation about the death of a parent, I've still got one left. Yeah. Um, So, and, you know, and I suspect it will. You know, we will talk... Actually, my mum and I have talked about these things and we talk about what it means to... What it means for my relationship with my stepfather and what it means for, like, my relationship with my stepbrother and sisters, for example... And I have a sort of newfound understanding and respect for for how people approach those situations. You know, I'd never even... You know, what would... what how, how would my mother want my stepfather to treat me if she were to pass away? Um... You know, and that's something that I had never even thought about as a concept before. You know, this idea of family. Um... Is is, is 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 very important. And because they're such um, powerful relationships, they're also terribly fragile. And uh, you know, with a few bizarre or or, or disrespectful or misun- you know, or misunderstood behaviours, a lot can change very quickly. Um, particularly with death, um, and I think maybe people should be clearer with their expectations about what they want after they die, beyond what happens to their their house and their possessions. Mm. Maybe that's something that we should start caring about more as as culture. As and has, is
0: that something that you've found since uh, that you've thought more about, like what what like your sort of legacy, or like or, or maybe like in general, like what um. Like, how's your relationship to other aspects of real life changed? Like, what's, what, has there things that seemed important that have become less important, and vice versa, since, since you lost your dad, or,
1: yeah, yeah. I think relationships has been a key bit of that, um, changing relationships with members of my family, as I mentioned, my uh, separated from my wife shortly after, um, my my dad passed away. And you know, and all, and and also my work as well. You know, I quit my very quit quit a fancy job up in London to do a, whatever job it is that I now do in Brighton. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, who knows how to describe what I do these days? I think that's what most people um, live in Brighton. Yeah, but like that's, that. you know, that's 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 <laughs> fine. You know, I'm much happier, yeah. um, and probably much more wealthier. If that's a different word to, to in um, what way in financial or in
0: life or both
1: I mean we can talk about money if you like but you know I probably actually have had more money but just in very strange ebbs and flows you know but then it's become less important to me as a thing Um, um, you know I'm not interested you know this whole idea of accumulating wealth and accumulating things and material wealth has become less important to me and I think that happens to a lot of people uh when they when they lose big things, big important people um all of a sudden those things just seem less important or because they are you know I think that's that's it you know when when life is easy and there's very little to worry about, it's very easy to just divert your worry and concerns to the material things you have around you. I think that's probably a lot to do with that um, you know. I've done that before, for sure. There have been periods of my life where I've been very material. Mm. Um, and it's only when you sort of give up those material things yeah, um, um, in order to pursue something else, you realise how little you actually needed them, wanted them, care about them, that sort of thing. Um, so, but, you know, not in any sort of... sort of ridiculously sort of... Um, sort of nihilist type approach to life, you know, we should be allowed to pursue happiness, we should be allowed to pursue um building the environments that we want around us and if that means having a nice home with nice things in it then so be it. Um but I think I suspect a lot of people myself included learn some pretty abrupt lessons about the importance of some of those things when you go through this process. Um And, you know, money being one of them, you know, you just and particularly this idea of like, you know, a safe job, a secure income, a regular amount of money, you know, that sort of thing. Um, These are things that are very quick and easy to escape from when you choose to. Um, And life really ain't that crazy. Like you and I had a conversation a couple of days ago, which was like one of our biggest worries about quitting a secure job was how am I going to pay my rent every month? In my case, rent and mortgage and, yeah, <laughs> you know, got pretty high outgoings um, over the last couple of years. But how many times have I actually not been able to do that? None. Um, and, in, you know, your words, not mine, but like the amount of times that I worry about it versus... The actual times that I had to worry about it. It just doesn't stop. The ratio up at doesn't, all. doesn't match right. at all. The numbers are completely off, you know, and it's one of those things. And people, it's everyone's biggest worry when they're making the so called jump is how am I going to pay for stuff? Um, and you do. You just do. Like, if you're the sort of person that wants that kind of life, you're the sort of, sort of person that when when it comes to the crunch, you don't find it hard. You just work it out um and i when we talk about the strength that i found from a like that was you know the biggest change that i've made in my life i suppose really from a day-to-day basis is just not caring about work in the same way at all you know work for me was a job title a salary the fancy people that i could brush shoulders with and go and fly halfway across the world and have conferences with and stuff like that was work for me, you know? And, and, and that's changed completely. Like now it's about making something. Now it's about creating something of, of value, of worth that's shareable, that, that, that has great reach, you know, and, and can create jobs for other people, you know, and these are all really important, meaningful things that, that that underpin the success of any great business or industry, you know, and that's what I want to do. Like I want to contribute to my industry, and like, that's what I want to do. I want to make a big difference, and I can't do that sat behind a desk with a job title, with a yeah. salary, working to somebody else's goals. Um, does that make sense? Yeah, no, it totally makes
0: sense. And so I'm really interested in um, whether it's possible for people to sort of come to those realisations without going through something difficult. Like I mean I, I still get bemused quite a lot by the sort of the lives that people live that they're not happy about. I mean I don't think there's anything wrong with uh, having a uh, having a sort of city job in London, having a big wanting a big house, having like the perfect family, mm. if they're things that really drive you and really make you happy. But if they're not, then mm. uh, then it seems it's silly to pursue just them. <laughs> silly to pursue them, but I, I wonder, like, what? There's so many people who do it. Yeah. And it's, it, it becomes so cu- countercultural mm. not to do that and to pu- pursue something that, like, fulfills you and nourishes you. And um, I just really, really am interested in, like, keep asking people, like, is there a way of s- sort of facilitating that process without, like, rock bottom?
1: And, um. Well, you asked that question, you know, should we talk about death more openly, like, culturally? And if, if if that is indeed one of the barriers to us truly understanding what death means to us, um, bar going through it, and then yeah. the condition of going through it and coming out the other side, because so many people don't. You know, it sends so many people into a downward spiral that they can't get out of, that they can't work out how to go from, you know sort of putting on a brave face and dealing with the day to crying in the shower to slowly but surely moving on with your life to understanding where the legacy of whoever it is that you've lost fits into what happens next in your life and you know and not everybody has the the luxury of people around them that can give them the guidance not everybody around them has the luxury of having enough stability in their life already to have that foundation to move forward from. Mm. You know, if you're already down and someone kicks you again by dying, what do you do? Like, how do you come back from that? You know, and... Honestly, like, if I didn't have a few key people around me around that time, um... You know, God knows what I'd do. Like, God knows where I'd be now. Like, I just don't know. Um... And, you know, there are some decisions that I made along the way that, you know, were, that seemed quite snap decisions or insignificant decisions or whatever that have just sort of defined the rest of my, <laughs> yeah. my life since, you know. Um, and, you know. There are so many things that can, aff- that can, things that you don't have control of that can affect how you move forward with grief. And you do, and that's why I set a lot of people just absolutely downward spiral after it and, and, and either take a very, very long time to or just don't come back. Um, so in one answer to your question, like, no, you don't have to experience loss and grief in order to find that kind of strength because some people just don't. Um, so just to 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 remind a bit to the thing about the, the, that cultural element, and that's the the thing that I think could be really interesting to explore further. I suppose is that if we change our conversation about mm. what death means to us ahead of it having it yeah. experiencing it, you're never going to understand it as intimately as as you do until it mm. until it happens. And when it happens again, you'll experience it again in different yeah. ways. But so, you, but i think it's about being prepared for it it's just having a, an understanding of it like what is your understanding of it like at what point does anyone ask you in your younger years like what do you think death means yeah right like, and how what do you think life looks like once you've experienced death like my god why would anyone ever you know in this day and age like no one ever would ever ask that question um should they should or a version of yeah. it should it be a conversation that happens um, I don't know the answer to that question. Maybe it's no. Maybe there's a day very dangerous route. I'm not sure. I don't know,
0: but like, I mean, I, I mean, the first, the first time I heard you talking about your the loss of your dad was um, when uh, at the, the Share Your Story mm. event, which she uh, had Dave Dave, I interviewed on this podcast, mm. Dave Perrins, and like he organised that event where there was uh, three people, you, one, one of them being you, sharing stories about mm. loss and grief, and I mean, I think. I remember vividly after that event, thinking, "Yeah, actually, I—I I don't think I had ever really seriously considered like the loss of a parent. It's always something that, I guess, you you do think of the time to time, but not really in a in a way like this won't happen to me mm. sort of way, but like it very <laughs> likely will. Mm. Uh, I mean, yeah, the only scenario where I wouldn't experience the loss of a parent is if I died before that, mm. and like." So, yeah, I mean, it's... But but I think it got me, like... It definitely got me into that space of thinking more about death and, like, how death works culturally. And since mm-hmm. then, I've I've come across it much more. And I think it is there. But if you're not aware of it, you can't. I'm, like, I'm quite interested in the concept of going to meet someone that's yeah. starting a death cafe. Something like that. <laughs> yeah, it's not power. quite... And, I, and yeah. like, these things, I don't know, like, much about I them. I think but... one of the
1: fears around it is that... um you know, there is a, there is an acceptance that everybody experiences grief in a different way. Yeah. And I think, yeah, there's probably some sort of underlying patterns and trends that people go through and at different paces or whatever, this whole denial and whatever yeah. acceptance type curves and things like that, you can apply those frameworks to the cows come home. But there's a general acceptance, um, and it's repeated time and time again, that everyone experiences grief in a different way. So for someone to come and tell you that when you experience grief it's gonna be like this. Yeah. You know, would be would be wrong. And it would be insensitive and it would be unintelligent. Um so how you host that conversation without making without then prescribing a way of grief. Yeah. Um, I think would be a very complex thing to do. Um and probably something that would need a lot of skill. Mm. I don't think that's something that should be that a friend or a parent or whatever can just do. Yeah. Um, because it's a part of life, you know. It's not like teaching you to tie your shoelaces or something like that, you know. Um, it, it's much more complex than that and probably needs something quite specialist. So there's that, is that, you know, it would be very easy to give people bad advice in that scenario yeah. and then fuck it up for them, like, eternally. Yeah. Um... Um, and lots of people could then go on to experience grief in an even more negative way <laughs> because of it um, so um, well, I tell you what actually it, 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 shortly after my father passed away another f- friend of mine passed away a much younger guy he was 26 and but he had cystic fibrosis and it was expected again him actually passing away was very sudden However, it was something that we, as a group of friends, as you know, you know, we weren't ready for. But we always knew that it would happen, and it would happen within um, our lifetime of being young people. Um, and it was equally as difficult as losing my father, I must say. But you know, our, I think many of us had already thought about what it might. Mm. look and feel like to lose that guy and and to not have him in our lives and how that might affect us how it might affect his parents and so on and I think anyone who got to know him well would have gone through that in their mind um, and I think you know we often I suspect you know I often did when I was younger like think about what it might be like to lose a parent and so on and and all of my assumptions, you know, were wrong. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, um, but, you know, there's, so there is a difference between kind of not being prepared, but, you know, just being prompted to think about what, what might life be like without this person? What might the other people around me, what might their life be like? So I'd often thought about as a young person what my life might be like mm. without my dad. I'd never thought what my mum's life would be like, what my stepmother's life would be like. What, you know, uncles and aunties and, and, and my father's friends and things like, you know, and that's been a really cool part of it. Me, you know, a friend my one well, my dad my dad has a has a friend um who lives abroad, but I've gone to visit him um every couple of months now, just because his family has become like so much more important yeah. to me since he's my dad and there's a, it's strengthened a connection there and that's a really nice route for us both um, to, 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 to remember my, my father by um, you know you never even would have thought about that being a something that would happen. Um, so maybe just I think maybe there's a there's an important about understanding like yeah the value of relationships but also what happens when those relationships are gone.
0: I'd like to thank Toby again for sharing that. I know it's a really difficult thing to talk about and I really appreciate it. Um, I I think that we all lose people um, and go through difficult things. And I think the idea of sharing stories around these difficult things isn't to provide a blueprint to show you exactly how you can handle your situation, but just to show the different experiences that people are having. And I think that's there's some sort of comfort in that, knowing that, everyone is going through difficult things and everyone is dealing with pain in some way but there's strength to be found within that and i think in everyone's personal stories and the things that happen to them there's strength that could be found in it if it can be navigated right so i think storytelling is a really sort of big important and effective part of doing that um I've been listening to another podcast actually called Griefcast by the British comedian called Cariad Lloyd. And I think that's really nice. She talks with, uh, shares her experiences around the death of her father and talks about, um, talks to other celebrities and comedians about their um, experiences of the death. And it's actually like quite, um, I think it's really sort of insightful podcast. And so I'd recommend that if you enjoyed listening to this one. Um, Anyway, to find out more about my mental health journey around the uk if you are interested go to my website which is www.theministryofchange.org and on there you'll find links to my blog uh social media and uh podcasts well you can find other podcasts probably on whatever platform you are now listening to this podcast on uh but it's also there on one concise page and also a new section i've started vlogs which is videos of me doing short video updates which i'm really enjoying doing and maybe you'll enjoy watching and maybe you won't enjoy watching but uh either way thank you very much for listening to this podcast and i will be back again soon goodbye